What's up, everybody? This is the Let's Talk 412 podcast. I am your host, Chris Halleck. I've got a weird last name. And there's about 80 million different mispronunciations of it. And you just heard the right one. That better not be my tag for like the rest of my career or whatever this is going to be. I'm really excited about this. I've been wanting to get into podcasting for a long time, and I'm just I'm just ready to get started. Uh, this is the first episode, hopefully, of many, and uh, the whole point of this podcast is to bring some really good sports talk, uh, some good inside analysis, opinions to... All of our teams here in Pittsburgh, primarily our three professional ones with the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates. Uh, We will talk some college basketball, college football with Pitt or Penn State or uh, other teams or schools in the area. Um, I'm also an NBA fan, so we might talk some NBA or we'll we'll talk some other national stuff. But primarily we are going to talk about our teams here in the great city of Pittsburgh, the city of champions. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, but first, I do want to say that I want to thank uh, Cody, the guy who runs uh, the Let's Talk Pens site. He also runs Let's Talk Steelers and Let's Talk Pirates. Uh, this podcast is affiliated with the three sites. I write for two of them. I write for uh, the Steelers and Penguins websites. Uh, if I had time or if I got paid to do it, I would probably also do the Pirates website and also would be would be getting paid to do this podcast, but I'm not. Uh, thankfully, and I mean, it's just awesome that that stuff is fan run. Um, it's really good practice in case we ever make careers out of this, which that's kind of the whole point of it is, you know, getting practice at it by doing it on blog sites. We aren't professionals, um, but hopefully we can be. So the whole point of this podcast really, um, is there are, Obviously, anybody can create a podcast. Anybody can talk about whatever they want and upload it to iTunes or SoundCloud or YouTube and talk about it. But hopefully what I can bring is I can bring a podcast that people really enjoy listening to. I can bring some good energy, some good thoughts, some good opinions. And I want your feedback. If you if you think I suck, tell me I suck. Just be a little bit nice about it. If you think I'm good, then great. Tell me how I can do better. Um, tell me about things you want to, you want to hear about. Uh, 80 million podcasts can talk about the same thing. I want to hear thoughts and opinions on, or just ideas about topics that you just might want to hear about that nobody's talking about. So I'm open to that too. What I do want to start off with is I would, I do want to start off talking about the Steelers. Uh, camp started last week, and I'm hearing a lot of good things coming out of camp from some players, and it's really exciting for me because I... I'm hearing a lot of good things from three guys in particular, and they're all on defense, which really excites me for this upcoming season because last year there was a lot of questions when it came to the defense. Uh, Obviously, there was some promise, you know, getting getting a guy in the first round like Artie Burns, you know, the potential of having that shutdown corner, and he showed some flashes of it last year. But this year could show even more promise. 
you could kind of tell last year that the team, even though some people were thinking it was the Super Bowl team, the team that could finally reach the top of the stairway to seven, that defense still, it still made me wonder a little bit. And this year, while I don't think the defense as of right this second here on August 6th, late in the night on August 6th, do I think the defense is ready uh, to get this team to a Super Bowl? I think they can be by January or February. I'm not saying they will be, but I think they can be. The potential is there. And it's mainly because of some great things that I'm hearing out of camp. Guys like Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, and Artie Burns. Those are three guys that if they can m- make huge strides forward, that could be a huge boost for this team. I don't even need to talk about the offense because the offense is there. As long as nobody gets hurt and the offense can stay healthy, the offense is there. Especially with Martavis Bryant coming back. Even last year without Martavis Bryant, the offense was still dangerous enough with Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. You had enough weapons on offense to get the job done. And Martavis Bryant is just going to make the offense even better. The defense is what's going to make the Steelers a Super Bowl winning team or not. It'll be the same team that ends up meeting New England in the playoffs and loses. Because, and this is nothing against Mike Tomlin. You can think Mike Tomlin's a great coach. You can think Mike Tomlin's a bad coach. The fact of the matter is, is that just about every time he plays Bill Belichick, he gets outcoached. And that's not necessarily a, a you know a huge knock on Tomlin. Belichick, despite the, I'll just say, I'll be nice and say cheating allegations, He's one of the best coaches to ever put on a headset. He's a football genius. And that's just more frustrating for me because he doesn't need to cheat because he is such a football genius. But he outcoaches Tomlin every time they play. So the only thing that can make the Steelers a team that can get past New England, whether you're playing in Heinz Field or playing in Foxborough, doesn't matter where you're playing, is if the Steelers just have such a good team that it doesn't matter what Bill Belichick does, he just can't beat them. And the defense getting better is going to be a part of that. If Bud Dupree can continue forward and become the outside linebacker that everybody wants him to become, there's a lot of people saying this could be the year that he breaks out, that he could get double-digit sacks this year. Well, that would be a breath of fresh air because it's been a while since we've had a linebacker consistently put up double-digit sacks every year. James Harrison's really the last one to do it, and he's still on the team. And even though he's 53, you know, he's still there. And don't get me wrong, I'm, that's not a knock on James Harrison. I love James Harrison. But if Bud Dupree can become that guy, that's a huge boost for the front seven because the defensive line, I already loved the defensive line. And the return of Cam Hayward after he suffered his injury last year, that's just going to make the D line even better. The D line with. Cameron Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, that is going to be a solid unit. If you add Bud Dupree being able to constantly get after the quarterback, and if the wild card game against Miami last year was any kind of indication of what he can be on a consistent basis, the Steelers have struck gold in the first round. Another guy who's getting a lot of praise out of camp is TJ Watt. And that could be another huge 
pickup for the Steelers because if Bud Dupree becomes the one guy and T.J. Watt on the other side is able to also have a really solid rookie year, that could be a possible tandem where you have the outside pass rush. That is something the Steelers are always looking for. The Steelers' philosophy isn't what everybody wants them to do, and everybody wants them to just get a bunch of corners and get a bunch of secondary guys so that they can be a shutdown secondary. Well, the Steelers' philosophy is this. Get an awesome pass rush. Wreak havoc on the quarterback. Be able to dis- just disrupt everything going on in the backfield. And that, it's like a domino effect. If you're able to do that, then it aids the secondary. It doesn't matter how good or bad your secondary is. It makes your secondary better just because of the fact that you're disrupting the quarterback's timing or you're just getting to the quarterback in the backfield. That's a good philosophy to have. The Steelers have been doing it for many, many years. And, I mean, look how, other than recent memory when they've had to rebuild the defense, look at how good the defense has been consistently through the 90s, through the 2000s, into this decade. And last year was an indication that you're starting to get to a point where the defense is getting better at getting to the quarterback. So if T.J. Watt can become this awesome guy, I mean, I don't think we need to ask him to be his brother. And I don't think any, I don't think he wants to be asked to be his brother. He wants to be his own guy. He wants to create his own legacy. So if T.J. Watt can be something great for this defense, then that's awesome. It is just camp. I'm not putting a lot of stock into what T.J. Watt is doing at camp right now. Even if he blows everybody out of the water, that's great. It's camp. You still have yet to take an NFL snap. Let's see what you can do. Another guy that I'm really excited about is Artie Burns. He had a solid rookie year. He showed some flashes of that raw, God-given ability that he has to play the cornerback position. And I think that if he can become the shutdown corner that the Steelers need, that could be something that, I mean, really, I mean, Ike Taylor was a really, really good corner. I really liked Ike Taylor, even though he couldn't intercept anything. <laughs> he, had a hand, he had hands like a rock. I mean, he he was always tight on his coverage. He did a really, really great job. Obviously, near the end, when the age was showing, it was a little bit different. But the Steelers, if they can get that shutdown corner, and Artie Burns definitely has shown the ability. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year that Artie Burns is going to come out and be this awesome shutdown corner. With somebody who's as raw as he was coming into his rookie year, it might take a couple years. It might take two years. It might take three. It might take four and it might not even happen at all, but it's definitely there. And it's something to be excited about still right now because the waiting game of seeing like how good is this guy going to end up being because the talent and the potential is there. It's like, can it be honed? Can it be coached into the ability to actually do it? The reason why this is so important for the defense is it doesn't matter how good the offense is. It just doesn't matter because the defense defense still wins championships in this in this era in the NFL. And you can argue with me about it until you're blue in the face. It is going to take a solid defense, especially for this Steelers team. Me personally, I'm not the biggest Mike Tomlin guy. I don't hate him. 
I also don't think he's elite. I think he's a solid coach. He needs all the help he can get from his players in terms of getting past New England. And that really is the goal right now for every NFL team. The Patriots are have won five Super Bowls in the, the Brady-Belichick era. The goal for every team right now, especially since they're, they're the defending champs, is let's beat New England. So how do you beat New England? Well, you beat New England through... I mean, getting a better team than them, which the Steelers, I think, can easily have that, especially going into the playoffs if they can stay healthy. They definitely have a better offense, and if the defense makes continuous strides toward getting better, they could have a better defense too. Now, they have a better coach, but you kind of you could get a little closer to evening it out if you have a much better team. We have a lot of time to talk about if the Steelers can beat New England or not. But I just wanted to throw some thoughts on there on some of the things that are happening at Steelers camp right now. I think it's exciting. I think it's a really good time to be a Steelers fan. Um, I'm not saying that this year is going to be the year that they get the seventh trophy. It's a hard task to win, especially whenever the Steelers have had to go through the injuries, through the suspensions, through everything that they've had to go through over the last few years, through the rebuilding of defenses. They've had to go through a lot of different things. And if everybody's always saying, well, this is the year, well, this is the year, well, this could be the year, there's still a lot of ifs. Can the team stay healthy? Can players not get suspended again, especially key players like Le'Veon Bell or Martavis Bryant? Can these guys stay healthy? Can these guys stay on the field and not get in trouble off the field? That's going to be big. I think it's going to be an exciting year. I think no matter what, it's going to be a fun year. Let's just enjoy the ride. I think we need to do that. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little Pirates. Um, So the Pirates brought back Sean Rodriguez. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, I think the only reason why some people might hate it is because they saw a little bit too much of Sean Rodriguez late in games whenever you wanted to see a guy like Pedro Alvarez being able to bat in clutch situations. But that ship is long sailed, so I'm not even going to go down that road. But Sean Rodriguez did a really, really good thing today for the Pirates. They are, He hit a walk-off home run. And if you hadn't heard Greg Brown's Uh, I was going to say bleep call. (laughs) If you haven't heard Greg Brown's call of that home run, I I retweeted it. Go to Twitter. It's absolutely fantastic. It is amazing. I love Greg Brown. He's such a good commentator. Why is it that Pittsburgh has all the good commentators? I mean, Mike Lang, who's like the best hockey commentator ever, and then Greg Brown, who is becoming... A, an all-time Pirates broadcaster. I mean, just the cannonball coming and it just it brings such a good energy. I just love guys like that. I love guys who bring energy to the job. That's kind of why... Oh, whatever. I'm not going to go down that road. So, it's it's days like this that are, I think, so frustrating for Pirates fans. 
And yes, I am saying that after a walk-off win. And I think the reason is because of this. It gives the Pirates fan hope. It gives the Pirates fan hope that, oh, maybe the Pirates are finally going to turn it around. Maybe the Pirates are going to go on a streak. Maybe the Pirates are going to do that. Here's the thing. The Pirates, as of right now, don't have a good enough team to win their division. And that is a bad thing because their division this year is horrible. Now, two years ago, the division was the best division in baseball. And they were right up there with it. They won 98 games in 2015. And I can tell you right now where the demise of the Pirates happened. And that was in that offseason. In the 2015 offseason, when they were coming off of 98 wins, and yeah, they lost the wild card to Chicago, and they're just like, okay, well, let's retool and let's get ready for 2016. It's going to be even better. Well, you make moves like getting John Neese, and you let guys like Jay Happ walk who signed with Toronto on a very fair contract. You come back with a worse team than you had last year, and then you want to try to sell it to the fans that the team's going to be better? That the team's going to win their division? Are you kidding? That's not going to happen. But that's what this front office has done and is going to continue to do. They're going to do just enough to show that they're committed to winning but they're not going to do enough, like pay the money that they need to pay in order to actually be the team that they talk about being. And until they actually show something that changes that mindset, that's what it's going to be. So I'm just letting every Pirates fan know right now that is what they're doing. They're going to say they're trying to win and that it's an insult if you say they're not trying to win. But their payrolls in the bottom third of baseball every single year. And if you look at the teams that are in the bottom third of baseball, how many of them actually compete? Not many. One, maybe two others. But not most of them. And I'm not saying the Pirates have to be top five in baseball or top ten in baseball and payroll. I don't think you need to spend that much money in order to win. But I do think you need to spend more than $100 million. I think $125, $130 million is not asking too much for the front office to pay. Yet they won't do it. And I I mean, I guess I understand from their point of view, oh, it's a small market, I, I need to make as much money as possible. Well, you know what? If you don't put a winning product on the field, attendance is going to go down, you're going to make less money, and that, then that's going to be a domino effect. And it's just, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating for every Pirates fan. Because this was a team that two years ago had the potential to be a team that could, that could contend every single year. And then that 2015 offseason was just so bad. It was so bad. And then last year... Oh, it was it's just it's just frustrating and so this year it was not looking really good and then like 
a few weeks ago, they started going on a tear and they started and they got closer and closer. And I think they got within two and a half or three and a half games of first place. And everybody's thinking, oh, the Pirates might be able to do it. And then they start losing games again. And it's like, okay, well, maybe at the trade deadline, maybe they can acquire something. Maybe they can acquire something that can push them over the edge. Because even though before the deadline, they had kind of slipped back a little bit, they had shown that, okay, well, if Milwaukee keeps playing the way that they're playing and the Cubs keep playing the way that they're playing, even though they had been playing a little bit better baseball, they were still within grasp. We can still acquire something at the deadline and become a better team. And maybe this could be the year, this is the perfect opportunity to take the Central because the Central sucks this year. No, they didn't do it. They sold Tony Watson, which, okay, that's understandable. I'm totally on board with selling Tony Watson. But what did you add? Joaquin Benoit and Sean Rodriguez. No knock on either guy, but that is not what... Those aren't guys that you add to show fans, hey, we're all in. Hey, we're going to try to win this division this year. That's not showing, and that's completely contradicting what they say at winter meetings, or winter meetings, at at the fan fests in every offseason saying, we're committed to winning. We're going to do everything we can to try to win now and also win in the future. That's what Neil Huntington says every single time he's asked that question. He says, we're going to do everything we can to win now without mortgaging the future so we can also compete in the future. That's fine and dandy. But when's the last time they've traded a top prospect in order to get something so they can also win now? Because the Pirates have one of the deepest farm systems in all of baseball. They can afford to get rid of a top prospect or two. It's not mortgaging the future. They can afraid to trade a guy like Austin Meadows. It's not like, oh, you trade Austin Meadows. Who's going to play outfield? Uh, Let's see. You can sign Andrew McCutcheon to an extension who is having the year that I thought he was going to have. You could... Continue to have Starling Marte. Hopefully he doesn't get busted for PEDs again. If Gregory Polanco can become a little bit more consistent, well, maybe that's your outfield. Like, everybody talked about that outfield being. That's our dream outfield. Marte, Polanco, and McCutcheon. That's our dream outfield. Okay, well, that was a dream for like a year, and now you're talking about possibly letting Kutch walk so that you can bring Austin Meadows up. Is this just this revolving door that you're going to constantly let faces of franchises go that's not cool. That also doesn't show that you're willing to win. Now. You're only trying to win enough to show fans that, hey, we're trying. But the thing is, you're not trying enough. You're not convincing me. You're not convincing me that you're trying to win. Now. The only time in recent memory that I thought the Pirates really were trying to win when they made some moves that were like, oh, wow, and they didn't even have to give up much for it, was in 2013 when they acquired Marlon Byrd and Justin Morneau. I was like, wow, they addressed needs that they needed on offense, and they didn't have to give up much for it. Now, they weren't great pieces, but sometimes those are the moves that teams make that get them over the hump. It's not that one awesome player or these two... Not awesome, but really good players. It's those two guys that are kind of the role players. Guys that bat a little further down in the lineup. Not at the bottom of the lineup, but guys who bat 6th or 7th. That just add that little bit of depth to the lineup that really do it. 
And see, that's the thing is that that's the team that's come the closest. And you could easily argue that that wasn't the best team in this era of Pirates baseball. You could easily argue that the 2015 was the best team. They won 98 games, but yet what what did the Pirates what did the front office do to build off of that? They went backwards. It's just frustrating. That's my thoughts on the Pirates front office. If for anybody who ever gets in a conversation with me about what I think about the Pirates front office, there you go. The last eight minutes, ten minutes, I don't know. I haven't been looking at the clock. However, how the last amount of time that I've been talking about it, that's what I think. I think they're doing enough to show the fans that, hey, we're trying to win, but they're not doing enough. They're not convincing me. Yeah, so. Well, the Penguins still need a third-line center. Uh, the search continues. I don't know where they're going to find one. Uh, Jim Rutherford always, you know, at this point, I, I have a hard time with anybody who wants to challenge Jim Rutherford at anything. Uh, and you know what? If he never brings one in for the rest of the offseason, then it's like, okay, well, whoever your third line center is going to be, I'm going to trust. It, it is totally right now in Jim we trust right now because everything that he's done has led to back-to-back cups, and I can't say anything bad about the guy right now. The one trade that I had the hardest time with was the Neil Hornquist trade, and that was just because I was a big big James Neal guy. And I am totally saying right now that that trade is totally what the Penguins needed. And I love Patrick Hornquist. So, <laughs> Jim, whatever you want to do to bring a third-line center in, I am totally on board. Even if you don't want to bring one in, if you want to have one of the Wilkes-Barre guys do it, that's fine. I'm totally down for, down with it. Um, just to give a little thought on, on the Penguins before we wrap this up, um, not much to talk about when it comes to the Penguins right now. It is the off season. We are getting close, and it can't come soon enough. Uh, I, I'm I love my hockey. I love hockey season. I love watching the Penguins. I I play hockey too, so I love playing. So, play uh, playing time is coming coming soon too. Um, it can, yeah, it can't come soon enough. I'm missing hockey big time right now. But I just want to say this. No matter what the Penguins do this upcoming season, it obviously, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, you know what, if they don't win the Stanley Cup, that's okay. No, obviously I want to see them win a Stanley Cup. To win three cups in a row, that would be, in this era, that would be an amazing feat. That would be so, I mean, you can't. You can't ever point to another era in in Penguins history and think, oh, that era was better. No. If this team three-peats, it's the best era in Penguins hockey. You can even argue right now that it is the best era in Penguins hockey as of right now. And you're talking about an era that had Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager. I'm not saying that this is the best era. I'm saying it's arguable right now. But if this turns into a three-peat, then, yeah, it could definitely be the best one. But I'm going to say this about this upcoming season. Enjoy the ride. And I know I said that earlier about the Steelers season, but you know what? Even more so for the Penguins. Enjoy the ride. We've gotten the ability to watch this team win back-to-back cups. We've got to watch Sidney Crosby become Sidney Crosby again. 
we've gotten to watch Phil Kessel and Evgeny Malkin have awesome <laughs> interchanges on the bench. We've gotten to watch guys like Justin Schultz become awesome defensemen. We've gotten to watch a goaltender like Matt Murray develop and mature at such a young age. It's amazing to watch. And the pressure of the pressure that uh, that us Pittsburghers put on our team on all three of our teams to win and to win championships. They've won back-to-back cups. It's hard to ask them to win a third one. A lot of people know it's going to be just about impossible to do it. It's not impossible, but just about. But if there's any team that can do it, it's a team coached by Mike Sullivan, and it's a team led by Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang. But I'm just going to say enjoy the ride this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun watching Crosby and Malkin and Kessel. It's going to be fun watching Latang. Hopefully he has a, a healthy season. That would be a breath of fresh air uh, for him, for the fans, for this team. It'd be nice to see Latang have a full, fully healthy season. And it'll be fun to see how Matt Murray handles being the number one goalie. Um, obviously, he's been share- he had shared time with Flurry for the last couple of years, but it'll be a lot of fun to see what happens whenever he's actually the number one guy. And there's no doubt. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think the Penguins are still going to be a team that is going to con- contend for the Cup. Um, I don't know if they'll be a division winner. Um, it's still a little early to tell. There's still some moves to be made. But it's very, very possible. Just enjoy the ride. That's about all I've got uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I, I'm, I'm just really, really excited. We're just getting started. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please do me a big solid. And if you're on SoundCloud, give me a follow. If you're on YouTube, give me a subscribe. If you're, if this gets onto iTunes, I'm going to try to get this on iTunes. If it gets on iTunes, give me a subscribe. Give me a follow on Twitter, at 412podcast is the podcast Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. My personal account is at Chalik, C-H-A-L-I-C-K-E. Um, give me follows, give me likes. That would be doing me a huge solid. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out, guys.